I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome back to part two of Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week I'm joined by my good pal, Bobby Siegel. Are you all right, son? I'm all right, pet. I got my hot water. I'm good. No coffee because caffeine and Bobby is a dangerous combination. You do not want to see the energy levels that I have with caffeine. No, I feel like I don't. I feel like, do you, are you, yeah, you'll remember this. I always have to start my sentences these days. This is the age I'm at with. You might be too young to remember this. But <laughs> I feel like me and you are similar, so you'll get it. Remember Art Attack? Oh my, I love that program. Remember Neil Buchanan's head? Oh my God, I absolutely love that show. I feel like that would be you if you did an espresso. That'd be too much, too much. <laughs> I feel, I wasn't quite done chatting to you about teaching because I'm fascinated by it. It was when I finished uni, my degree was really vague. It was drama, media, and cultural studies. And it kind of half um, prepared us to do like a number of different things. But mm-hmm. if I'd really wanted to get into them, I would have had to start at ground level. I probably would have had to do another bit. Do you know what I mean? Like I did bits of all sorts. And I'm lucky I landed on my feet in the space I'm in now because mm-hmm. I get to apply loads of the things I learned in terms of like I do bits of, I did bits of radio on my degree. Mm-hmm. I did bits of TV, bits of journalism. Um, in the job that I've chose to do. So I'm really fortunate. But before this job presented itself, I was thinking to myself, could I train to be a teacher? And I I was really excited about the prospect of it, to be fair. But I feel like they get a bit of a bad rep these days. And I think it's really un- unfair and really unwarranted. Like I did a lovely post mm-hmm. about the teacher strikes not that long ago. Yes, I do remember. And, and yeah. to be honest, some of the responses were, were a bit... A, a bit scary but then yeah. I think that's that is social media in general it's a very it's divisive currently like there's it's there seems it seems to be a place that people think it is it, it's where they can vent any sort of frustrations and project mm. any anger as they have and I, I don't know just because you have a platform doesn't mean you're entitled to a really hostile opinion like I do feel a bit scared with social media recently um but yeah I just thought I'd ask you like your take on it all being sort of kind of in the firing line in the midst of it all. So in terms of what, like the profession and. Yeah. Just like, how do you feel about the teacher's strikes? Like, do you feel like the things they're asking for are really reasonable? Mm. Like, would it be nice to get some more support from the public? Can you understand? I mean, just the other day I was chatting to someone and she went, do you know what? 
I feel like, because I said, oh, God, I've got kids on half term again. And she went, yeah. And then they're going to get summer holidays a little bit. I don't yeah. know why teachers complain. And I thought, actually, I can really fucking see why teachers <laughs> complain, if I'm honest, because yeah. I wouldn't want your kids for fucking the yeah. rest of the year. So I feel like I wanted to get your take on it. As yeah, that's it. And I'll tell you one thing that often I'll be rolled out on various like television shows like Good Morning Britain or Channel 5 because they've got the perspective of a teacher that is in the public eye. And one thing that I'll sometimes try and bring in is that before I moved into teaching and education, I spent seven years working in the city. So I used to be a trader uh, at an investment bank called Lehman Brothers and all the listeners it's, might not leave. Hang on, was it giving Wolf of Wall Street? Oh yeah, it was, 100%. <laughs> Although I was just like this smiley guy. In fact, funnily enough, if people look up Bobby Seagull Wall Street, they'll find pictures of me with like shaved hair because I was too smiley. So my boss said, you got to counteract. How do you get rid of the smiliness? Because I can't. I shaved my hair off. So I look like a bit like a meanie. That was the only way that I could like be like, oh, I'm going to make money off of you guys because I got no hair. I mean, people with hair can make money too. Uh, but <laughs> I said no hair. So I worked in, <laughs> I know, Vicky is just, for those that are listening, Vicky is now laughing hysterically. With Bobby trying to appear more intimidating, yeah, and that's calling himself a meanie. <laughs> that's the only way. That's the only way. Because look, this smile is very hard to get rid of. It's infectious, Bobby. I mean, I feel like I would just give you my money. <laughs> oh god, yeah, take my money, take it all. Uh, so I, I did. I was a trader at a bank called Lehman Brothers. A trader at a bank called Nomura, Japanese bank. Then a chartered accountant at the PwC. So all of my twenties, I spent making really good money um, and conventionally seen as really successful careers. You know, if you if you got like a cousin or a relative, oh, they work in banking, you'd be oh, they're doing really well for themselves. But I'll tell you what. When I moved to teaching and took like a significant, again, we talk about the reasons why maybe later, but took a huge pay cut, became a teacher though. Teaching is much more emotionally challenging than banking was. Banking, fine. There were some bits of it intellectually demanding, trying to work out like creating complex products that no one understand that we didn't even understand that we'd sell anyway. But in teaching, I'll tell you what the, the challenge is. Even if in theory you're in, in front of children already six hours a day, the FaceTime with children, you are spending an hour, 45 minutes in a lesson, with 30 faces, 25, 30 faces, and they are depending on you for that one hour. And emotionally, it. Honestly, it. it is so difficult. It's so draining. Okay. So I can have now, I could be, let's say, three days doing a film shoot, which is long hours, 12, 12 hours a whole day, 13 hours. When I spend six hours the next day in the class, I'm knackered by the teaching because the teaching, you're dealing with all the students, all the issues. You're not just an educator of maths. You're a counsellor. You're giving them guidance on how to do the cost of living crisis. You're checking if children are washing their clothes properly because their parents may not want to put in laundry more than once a week. So all these things. You're a caregiver make, to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, caregiver. Well, oh. So teaching is just more than just the educate. If it was just, again, I have friends who are tutors. So I don't want to denigrate any profession. But if I was tutoring three, two, three children in a room, that's a different thing. Teaching 30 kids that don't necessarily want to be in your class, some do, some, whatever reason, they might be having trouble at home. That is such a demanding job. So if you're, if it's such a demanding job and our prime minister, we've got so many prime ministers, I won't even say the name of the current one. The <laughs> prime minister- fucking changed by the time it's But one of our recent prime ministers said that education is the silver bullet to changing the prospects of our country. And if prime ministers and pretty much any prime minister will say that, if they really believe that, you've got to make sure that the people delivering, of course, buildings are important. You need like solid buildings. It's the people delivering it. And again, teachers, when they join the profession, people aren't joining because they want to become multimillionaires. And that's not the job for the other jobs that can do that. You join teaching because you probably have a passion for your subject. It might be music or history or maths. 
And probably, most likely, you really love young people because you, you're enthused by them. You want to communicate them. You want to pass on your passion to them. I mean, when the government really believes that, make sure that these people are paid fairly. Pay, again, paid appropriately. And again, I'm a mathematician. The stats are over the last 13 years, teaching pay is, depending on what you look at it, has dropped in real times, real terms, anything between 13 to 20%. So what you could buy 13 years ago, you got 20, you've got lost 20% of that equivalent salary. Yeah. And then I think it's, it's strange. In the UK, I think compared to other cultures, if you go to Finland or some parts of Asia, if you say you're a teacher, you get a lot more respect. Like in my cousins in India, like, oh, Bobby's a teacher. Yeah. Whereas in, in the UK, people are often like, ah, oh, he's a teacher. But then so- I still, like, if somebody said to me, like, oh, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, like, I'm still like, oh my God, like, that's amazing. Tells- I'm still really impressed by that and excited and I think you're molding the next generation like god isn't it amazing that you can do that I don't know if I'd have the patience I'm certainly not smart enough like I feel really in awe of these people and there's a selflessness to being a really good teacher as well because like you say they wear many different hats you know and I don't know like I just think unless we respect our educators, like I seen in the strikes, there was one person who held up a sign and I'm paraphrasing I can't remember it perfectly by memory but it was essentially something like our profession is the only one that teaches all of the other professions. Like, that's spot on. I think, I, know, I think he, did he post about that? Is that yeah, I, I, I paused it and I just felt like that, that statement is true. Like, why aren't we given this enough gravity? And people can't be expected to like work if they're feeling undervalued. They can't be expected to give everything, give 110% if they're, if they're feeling unappreciated. So I don't know. I think, is it, is it the government? Is it parents? Is it society as general? I think we all need to step up and give teachers the fucking appreciation and respect they deserve. Yeah, because they are educating, again, the future doctors, the nurses, uh, the drivers, um, the engineers, all the professions you can think of. Yeah. <clears throat> they'll all, the footballers, the musicians, they, <clears throat> everyone would have had to gone through a school. And yeah. pretty much anyone you speak to, Hopefully they can tell you one or two teachers that really believe yeah. it. And I'm sure Vicky, you'll have one. I've got one teacher whose name was Katz's brilliant name, Mr. Workmaster. That was his name. I kid you not. Mr. Workmaster. Thank you for making guy from Manchester. Smelt reeked of coffee because he drank a lot of it. And his hair was all over the place, but he loved mathematics. And all of us will have a teacher somewhere, someone that believed in us. And I think that's what sometimes we forget that not just a subject, but we have people that when we're young, we're impressionable. That's when we sort of for my self-image, if we have adults that say, I believe in you, yeah. I think you can do whatever you want to do, that stays with us. And that, again, that is, you, it's hard to put a value on that. I know, I remember, and you know, it's so weird, there was a, it was me headmaster in first school, and he turned around to me mom on like some sort of like parents evening type thing, and my mom was like, how's she doing, how's she getting on, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Vicky will achieve anything she wants to out of life. That that is and like that sentence has never left me. Mm, that's incredible. Like thirty five years old, and you think, God, like if somebody spotted something in me back yeah. then when I was what nine ten, yeah. I just feel like that's it made us quite emotional thinking of that. So yeah, I feel like we all need to give teachers the respect they deserve. And thank you for your support for no, for teachers. Again, yeah, I, I I always say this whenever I see your post because you've got such a huge platform and people listen to you and you you put your neck out there and you say things and you you say things to support people. So a massive appreciation oh. on behalf, not just teachers, but for all the stuff that you do. It's honestly just so incredible. Well, thank you so much, babe. I fucking knock, get it in the neck. <laughs> yeah, you do. I know. I know you do. I see it. <laughs>
some right knobs but uh, yeah. that's that's life ups and downs isn't it but i wanted to talk to you about um because obviously you're doing so many like different and varied things at the moment obviously we did the pilgrimage you smashed the hunted as well um you also did the, the dirty dancing show there's loads you've done but the one that like literally for me i just need all the goss on uh-huh. was indian matchmaking oh uh, yes oh my god I mean, for start as Netflix, huge, 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 huge. What? How did that come about? Tell oh, us everything. So, Indian matchmaking. For those that haven't seen it, if you haven't go and watch it, it came out season one in lockdown. So obviously, people are looking for things to do, and it's a show where there's a lady called Seema, auntie from Mumbai, and she tries to matchmake people of Indian origin. And season one actually was Emmy nominated in America for best non-scripted factual. So obviously, like struck a popular and criti- critical sort of appraise. And then in, I think in the second lockdown, I was with my cousin and I saw on Facebook, it said, ah, oh, are you an Indian per- person of Indian origin? Do you want to meet someone, a future partner? Here's like a process. And it didn't say what it was for. I'd applied because you know, I'm a single guy. I, although I'm actually open to any, I, I dated people of all sorts of backgrounds, but if there's a show where you can meet someone, why not? Well, it wasn't a show, it just said a process. And then uh, six, nine months later, I'd totally forgotten about it. I got a message and it said, oh, we're from Netflix. We'd love to uh, interview to be to potentially be cast. I'm like, no, no way. I actually didn't believe them. I actually wrote back to them saying, I don't think this is real. Can you prove to me? And I got them to add me on LinkedIn and I needed like a few proofs because I used to work in banking where fraud happens a lot. So I was skeptical. I was like, eh, I'm not going to give you all my details, mate. Eh. But it turned out it was the show. And... I know that I've done a lot of, te- you know, in the last few years, I've been building up my sort of television career, but putting yourself forward on a dating show exposes yourself to another type of scrutiny because it's one thing being wicked at quiz shows and a reality show where I'm talking about my science or doing a geeky road trip, but suddenly talking about like your dating preferences yeah. to millions of people around the world. You, ha- I had to really think once I got the offer, like, do I really want to do it? That's a different space for you, whereas that's been my bread and butter for 10 years. And I was just like, and again, I even look at my persona on the show is pretty much I'm I'm obviously I know when there's a camera, you have to you do have to give it a bit more. But it's pretty much who I am. Yeah. But I've had like vast majority has been really positive, but I've had a small minority of people comments that still hurt me. And yeah, honestly, I wish I could say something more profound, but I'm just going to say fuck them. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably the best thing. I'll be honest. I do (laughs) on Twitter. I search Twitter is a hateful platform. (laughs) Be very careful. And and Vix, with the show, because it's watched internationally, I'm now becoming an expert on Google Translate on Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, because people watch it around the world. So like yesterday, there was someone in Portugal that said in Portuguese, not they're not aiming at me. They said, Bobby, he is. Talk too much, too much energy. And I wrote back saying, ah, oh, I do a lot of energy, but the edit made me look as if I was chatty than I really am. Because in real life, I tried to be a bit more balanced. And I was on even on the telly show, but the edit made me look even chattier. And I, I think call... you do work really, you strive, because obviously you have got loads of lovely things to say and you are excited, but I think you you strive to curb that. I've always felt like our conversations were balanced. You... I try to, yeah, yeah. I try no, my best. you do. Oh uh, yeah, sometimes edits are sneaky, Bob. They're, they're they no, are, and they you want. know from your world that Jodie oh, Shaw. Yeah. I'm perfectly placid in everyday life, but Jodie Shaw made me look like. A <laughs> <laughs> I don't. The thing is, I only know, so when people know that I'm friends with you, they I I only know the Vicky I met on pilgrimage. <laughs> So this one, you know, this wholesome, this peanut butter on organic bread. I don't know the Vicky of the, the 20s. So no, I, it's a good thing. 
To be entirely honest, it's a good thing for our friendship. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, no, so you're experiencing firsthand, like, I suppose, a slightly more... um not conflict, but drama-filled mm, reality drama. TV audience and things like that. And they do get very different viewers. Um, but how did it, like, were you successful? Uh, like, did okay. it know? So let me tell you. So the reason I think I'm unsuccessful in dating, I actually mentioned this on the show, it's like, oh, I'm looking to meet someone. But the problem is I constantly get in the friend zone. And I do. And you just, I kid you not, I got friend zoned on the show. No. I got friends on the show and the one useful, okay, one thing about going in a dating show and being single is <laughs> my DMs are popping. <laughs> I, I'm, and if you respond, written to me, the reason I haven't responded is I'm just taking time to, to absorb it because it's overwhelming. He's I, just like, assessing his options, it's, bitches. It's, it's literally like, I'm not kidding. It's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages. Don't hear the play. I hate the game. Behalf, but on behalf of their daughter, on behalf of their sister or their cousin or their friend. And I don't know what to do with this because there'll be some gems there. Yeah. I, like Got to take your time. People have written me poems. Oh, Bobby, that's so nice. I just used to get dick pics. <laughs> okay. Oh, I want to, I, I get that too as well. Because for some reason, uh, I'm a, I get a lot of, I think before matchmaking, I had lots of like gay successful men in their 20s in London, that's me. Neuroscientists, yeah. surgeons, bankers. Oh, did you say virgins? <laughs> no, I didn't say virgins. I know what I said that. Surgeons! Surgeons, surgeons. I mean, they might be virgins, but they are surgeons. Are you like fucking virgins? I was like, oh, okay. That's what you're looking for? Surgeons. <laughs> so, male surgeons. Uh, they've been DMEs. Uh, and some people... Like, I, I actually don't mind messages of appreciation, but please don't send me pictures of body parts. Like, nah, so weird, just yeah. not the way. Like, do you think I'm going to look at a picture and go, oh, my God, That's Marcus, funny. you look That's... like you're my kind of guy. No, I'm sorry. I mean, I am straight. But even if I wasn't straight, that's not the kind of thing I'd be into. And ladies, don't send me pictures either. Like, no. send me poems, nice words. I'm a teacher. I've got to be mindful. That's it as well. I also love how they think like a picture of a penis is just going to make a straight man be like, I know, I'm going to go be like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been missing out on this. I've been missing out. <laughs> so, some virgin surgeons shrivel true. <laughs> oh, but I feel like this is really interesting because often I get men and female guests on the pod. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I talk to a lot of women about like relationships, the pressure of being in your thirties and things like that. And like when I was sort of, uh, my last relationship broke down. I was early 30s and I had a mm. bit of a panic, Bob. I mm. sort of went like full, like, you know, oh my God, like I'm in my 30s, I'm single. I didn't think this was going to be me, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of think it's never really talked about 
that like how men feel about being single in their 30s and I know it's slightly different for you because there's a cultural difference as well but I don't know like I just wondered if you're feeling the pressure of being single in your 30s mate or if you are very much like oh no I'm sowing these oats oh to be honest I very I sort of move between the two depending on when you ask me oh I'm like I'm cool now I'm not but I think the reality is I've actually now been single Vicky for 11 years 11 years that's a significant amount of time bugs are you just looking to find the right one to be honest I think it's because I'm just not good at dating I think think it's a hard principle I I think okay this I might be my ego here but I'd like to think I'd make a really good husband and father because I think I'm really supportive and kind but I think in the first in the early parts of dating people maybe maybe because there's so much so much choice on dating apps they're looking for someone with a little bit of edge a bit of a bad boy I'm just not and and but when they get when when the when when it gets like to the more serious side then they want the good side of the person but I don't have the bad boy edge and really if I tell you what Vic on again because I'm a mathematician I actually have like statistics based on my on my dating history if I if I increase my edginess on a day, edginess could simply mean like I just speak less, I leave long pauses, I allow silences. So it's not me being me. I think I have like a 80% conversion from date one to date two. If I'm myself, chatty, nice, friendly, adding compliments, no sort of like, uh, what's the word when you sort of jab at someone, make you like a... It's called a neg. I, I, I don't do negging in real life, but when I, so when I don't do any of those things... I get like a 20% conversion from date one to date two. Oh no, it, women are fucked up, girls. But when what I neg, on the, when I, okay, I neg, I, I do the nicest possible ways of negging, but when I do all those things, it's like an 80% success rate. And it frustrates me because that's not me. So after date two or three, I can't go, hey, you know those negs I was giving you? You're never getting them again. I'm going to be all positive now. And they're like, no, I wanted those negs. <laughs> it's insane though, because... Speaking as someone who is marrying a very nice man. Erkan seems lovely, honestly. I see your posts about him. He sounds bonkers, but I love him to bits. Do you know what? Like, he deserves a medal for putting up with me because I am (laughs) absolutely crackers. But I think... um, yeah, like for years, I was one of those women that I'm sort of being relatively disparaging about now, you know, like looking for someone who's going to treat us mean to keep us keen, someone mm. who's going to make us cry. And I saw I had such a toxic idea of what love was. Like I thought it had to hurt and I, I thought you had to cry and row. Mm. And that would that showed I really loved someone, you know. And actually, since meeting Erkan, like, I've completely realized that love, and there's a Liam Neeson quote for you here. Like, love is the one thing in the world that shouldn't hurt. Like, that's a lovely quote. Isn't it nice from Liam Neeson himself? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So everything else, like, can be hard. Like, life can be difficult. Jobs, jobs, you have bad days. Like, even family relationships, but love shouldn't hurt. So, I I think more, I think women, unfortunately, because I suppose we've probably had our hearts broken and, we have a warped perception of what love is. Mm. Maybe that's affecting, like you know, a woman's idea, a woman's idea of what a relationship should be. But no, your woman is out there, Bob, and she's going to be so. kind, and she's going to be amazing, and she's going to love the positivity and the chattiness because oh, I do, you. I do. Oh, thank you, Vic. Appreciate yeah, you're that. You're so welcome. Um, right before I let you go, because we have talked so much and I've had the best time <laughs> I have two final questions the second to last one is you are doing you are giving me a run for me money I joked at the start but like I felt like I did every reality tv show going but you are hot on me heels so oh, yeah. <laughs> is there one one that's like a, you've got a burning desire to do that you think so like, that's me uh, I'll tell you okay so in the UK, there there are two big reality shows, one on BBC and one on ITV. So my mum watches a lot of telly, often with me. 
So with the jungle, which we know you're the queen, my mom will, if I, if she's watching it and I'm not with her, she will message me saying, Bobby, it's a really fun show today, but never do it. So my mom never wants me to do the jungle. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't promise her mom, but the show that I really want to do is strictly because my mom and I watch it all the time. We watch it every year. It's such a wholesome show. But I Um, think that's really doable for you, Bobby. I think it fits with like, like also feels like my audience would be like, funny enough, I would say, from University Challenge, my audience tends to be men and women above the age of 60. Yeah. And that's like the heartland of, of Strictly. That is my audience. I feel like they'll appreciate, <laughs> they'll appreciate that I'm not, I'm not, I've, I've got no discernible talent with dancing, yeah. but I'm a tryhard. I'm a tryhard. I will put everything in. Yeah, but I can see that. And often, I mean, I've had this conversation with people who've done it before and like people like Orty, the professional dancers. Yeah. And I sort of said, like, honestly, I got no rhythm whatsoever i've got two left feet i'm like a drinker not a dancer i'd be shy and they're like <laughs> actually that's what the audience loves to see that sort of like the growth the development the arc someone who just gets their head down and works and potentially yes. was a bit rubbish at first but ends up being really great so well, imagine if the two of us were on the same season one year no honestly i well, i feel like we'd have a really good time but i think you're actually secretly very competitive bobby i, I am competitive oh i am competitive <laughs> like so even if i'm not good at something i will like i'm i always i actually feel for uh, I'm going to manifest it. When I get on Strictly, <laughs> my partner, they are going to have to work hard because I'm going to be putting in the hours. Because if I'm on Strictly, I realize that one, it's going to be an amazing experience. But secondly, for for people's careers, it's a great chance to it's reach a, out a new audience. And if I want to do more of the mathsy, sciencey, nerdy television documentaries, that's a great, that is a brilliant platform. So I want to stay, I don't want to be out on week one or two. I want to get to like quarter semis. So that means my part, whoever my future dance partner is, I'm sorry, but we're going to work hard. But I'll be nice. I'll be friendly. We're going to put in the hours. Okay, babe? I think you, in the history of Strictly Come Dancing, yours will be the first professional dancer that's ever complained <laughs> that her partner works too hard. Yes. Bobby's <laughs> oh. too much. <laughs> right, mate. Before I let you go, um, here at Vicky Pass in the Secret 2, we always ask our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners a little pearl of wisdom. And um, having been lucky enough to spend time in your presence, like, following your career, watching the things you do, what you achieve. Um, I think it's really fair to say that whatever you do, you do it with real passion. Um, And it's set you in pretty good stead, Bob. Like you're an impressive person um, and you tend to, you tend to achieve whatever it is like you you want. So I think what I want to ask is what your secret is to living life with passion. Well, it's a great question. Thank you for those kind words. Oh, you're welcome, mate. What I would say... From the heart. Oh, I would say it's whatever you do, give it your absolute 100%. Sometimes it might not be good enough for your life. Sometimes there might be someone else that beats you to the job. There might be 100 people that are ahead of you in the queue. But I always think as long as you give it your all, you can look back in life without any regrets. Yeah. Just leave, leave, leave nothing there. Just put it all out there. Leave nothing on the table. You say, yeah. I am so that person. Like, And I always say when I come out of a meeting with a production company or I come out of an interview for like the jungle or, you know, whatever it is I've done, like I always come out and me it goes, how did it go? And I'll say, listen, if they don't want us after that, then they don't want Vicky Patterson. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. Not everybody wants Vicky Patterson, but I know I could do it with passion. Everything on the pitch. Chad. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that kind of is why I, I feel content with like where I'm going, you know? And I reckon if I was, doing things half arsed or like being sort of a bit afraid to be the real me and, and give it me all then I don't know I wouldn't be 
I wouldn't be quite living my life to the full as much. Yes, doing everything with passion, leaving was it leave nothing on the table was it leave, leave now on, leave it all leave on, now the on the pitch that's all anyone can ever ask for oh bobs it's been so lovely catching up with you i can't believe it's been so long we must must get a little pilgrim reunion on the cards uh, definitely and we're wearing our boots and uh and our oh, yeah. trousers oh, and no. our... Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> lovely to talk to you son thank you cheers Pat. Well, guys, that was one of my favourite people in the world, and I'm sure you can see why now. That was Bobby Siegel, such a, I don't know, just a little pocket rocket and an absolute delight to speak to. He makes me grin from ear to ear um, and belly laugh as well. His enthusiasm is well and truly infectious. If you really loved listening to this week's Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2, um, then don't forget, we have loads of loads and loads in the backlog in case you've missed any, so make sure you're up to date. We also now have a YouTube if you want to like watch my chats rather than just listen to them that's there and that's super cute follow us on all the platforms Instagram TikTok we are bloody everywhere getting where a draft wouldn't <laughs> have the best week everybody you deserve it even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.